pray together. Father, we thank you this morning in the name of Jesus. Lord, even as we hear your word, we pray that you will open up our hearts to listen to what you have for us in this day. In the name of Jesus, Lord, even as I speak your word, I pray that, Lord, you will give me clarity or speech or God to bring about that which you have in store for your people today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today we are looking at uh, the letter of Jesus Christ to the church at Sardis. Uh, we, we've been looking at the book of Revelation, and I believe that all of us have been blessed. I personally have been blessed through this series, and we continue to be blessed together. So the city of Sardis uh, was located in Asia Minor and was built on a plateau with three cliffs on each side. And so this was done as a natural protection of the city from enemies. So even though this city was built in this way, we hear in history that the city was captured by enemies and was attacked at least twice. So even though they had built their own way of protecting the city, the city was still captured. Uh, enemies still came and attacked the city. And we also hear that Sardis was a very wealthy city because it was situated at the junction of important roads, or should we say trade routes. I can give an example of the way Kitwe is. Kitwe is like the, the trade city of the Copper Belt. And we have other towns that are leading to Kitwe. Uh, towns like uh, Ndola, we have Mufulira, we have Kasumbalesa, and we have all these other cities that are connecting to the city of of Kitwe. And so Sardis was like that. So it was at, at the center of all these routes that were, uh, were trade routes, which were very important at that time. And so we hear that the connection between Sardis and money was well known at that time. And why was it so? It was because Sardis was the place where money was printed. So it was a city where the money that they used to, to use at that time was printed in that city. And we hear that even the modern day printing of money actually got the idea from Sardis. So the money that we use today in our time actually got the idea from the city of Sardis because the printing of money actually originated from the city of Sardis. And so because this was a city that's, that was wealthy, this was a city that had money, this was a city that had uh, the printing of money, the life was easy. Life was luxurious. You know, imagine a city where money is printed. It's easy to have money. You know, it's easy to have a good life. It's easy to have a luxurious life. And so this was the same with the city of Sardis because they had money easily available, and so life was easy for them, and activities were happening in the city, and to add on, even sinful activities were happening because money was easily and readily available, and so many things were even bought, I mean, were even bought, or sin was actually being bought by money because money was readily available, and because of this, the church too in the city of Sardis, had been on a downward spiral spiritually for a while, or for a long time, because the life that was outside, the life that was happening in the city, had also come into the church. And so, 
the spiritual life of the church was going down for a while. And we see that even the influence of the world had taken root in the church. And even the tolerance of sin had taken its toll right in the church. So we see that there was no difference between what was going on on the outside of the church and what was going on inside the church. So it's like the influence of the world because of the so many activities that were going on outside the city were also happening in the city. I mean, in the church. And so this caused the city, I mean, the church to go down spiritually. Are we together? The church was well known. As we read, uh, as we read in the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 1. So this church was well known as a vibrant church. It was known as a church which was lively. It was known as a church which was full of life. And so this was known all around that place. If they just hear the church at Sardis, they knew, oh, we know that church. That's the church that is full of life. And it was well known. But the Bible says that even though the church was well known as being alive, they had the reputation of being alive. They were actually spiritually dead. As we see in Revelation 3, verse 1, they had a reputation of being alive. They had a name of being alive. And so they had a reputation with people, but they didn't have a reputation with God. People knew them as a vibrant church. People knew them as a lively church. And they had this reputation around the world. They had this reputation around the city. But they didn't have that reputation with God. God did not approve of their works. He did not approve of their works. To him, they were actually dead. So it's like a spiritual cancer had unknowingly made its way into the church and sucked the spiritual life out of the church. So in as much as they felt like they were alive, in as much as they felt like things were going well with them, to him, he says, you are actually dead. They may have a good reputation with the people. And I'm sure everywhere, everybody, when they heard the name Sadis or the church at Sadis, they knew which church that was because it was live. It was vibrant. But they were spiritually live. If we look in the book of Matthew 27, 23 verse 27, sorry. It says that, what to you? teachers of the law and the Pharisees, hypocrites, you are like whitewashed tombs which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. Jesus looks at them and says, you look beautiful on the outside. Everything about you looks okay on the outside, but on the inside, you are actually dead. There are dead bones inside. 
So this tells us that Jesus does not only look at how we look outside and the things that we do on the outside. His interest is the inside of us. We might say, if the church had studies, I'm sure they, didn't just, they were just not serious. With the money that they had, with the wealth that they had, I'm sure they were just not serious with the, with the things of God. Now let's bring it down to ourselves today. As a church, as open church here in Indola, let's look at the activities that we do as a church. Let's look at the programs that we have as a church. Do we, can, we, can it be said of us that we, we are a church that is full of life? Can it be said of us that we are a vibrant church? I'm sure open church is known here in Indola. As a church that serves coffee, wherever you go, you hear, oh, I'm coming to your church. I hear there's coffee in your church. We have a reputation out there, not so. We have a reputation out there. We might say, yes, we are open church and we have these programs. We have these activities. Now, let, it, let, let me bring it down to our, our different teams that we are, we are involved in as a church. You might say, I'm on the worship team, I'm on the tech team, I'm on the host team. Actually, we put on red t-shirts. And all these other teams, can it be said of us that we are just alive on the outside? Where is that anchored on? Is it coming from the inside of us and to the outside? Or is it something that is just on the outside? Just think about that for a minute. Is it something that is just on the outside? As I stand here, I'm also thinking about myself because I'm one of the people who is everywhere. I'm also thinking about myself. I'm all over. I'm, I'm hosting. I'm, I'm, I'm singing. I'm, yes, I'm all over the place. Today I'm preaching. Is it just on the outside or is it springing from the life from the inside of me? This is what was happening in the church at Sardis. Everything was in the outside. All the activities that they were doing, they were doing them from the outside. And today, we might be so involved in so many things. We may be active in so many things. We might look at ourselves and say, we are happening. Our team is happening. Our team is on is on point. We are powerful as a team. Things are happening. Is that just on the outside? Is that just a name that we have? But are, are we actually alive on the inside? Or that is coming out on the outside? Let's be challenged this morning as a church. Let's be challenged this morning as individuals. As teams, the things that we are doing, the programs that we are planning, all these things that we are doing, is it just coming from the outside or is it there on the inside? Is there life in the inside of us? We can have a name of being alive. The church of Sadis had just a name. They just had a Christian name on the outside. 
that to Jesus, he tells them that you may have this name that you are alive. You may have this name that you are, you are a vibrant church, but to me, you are dead. May that never be our case. May that never be our case. Us being alive, us being vibrant, does not approve and does not guarantee us the approval of God. He says in Revelation 3, verse 2b, he says, I have not found your works complete before my God. I'm sure as they were doing all these things, they thought we are doing this for God. We are planning this for God. And all these things that we are doing in this place, we are doing them for God. But he comes and tells them, I have not found your works complete before my God. Every work that we do for God needs his stamp of approval. He himself has to approve. Let's do his work with him and not for him. Let's do it with him because that's what he wants. We are not saying the works that we do for God are bad, but he wants us to do them with him and not just for him. I believe that the church at Sardis had probably trusted in their past experiences. They had, they had trusted in their past successes on the work for God, but they had gone lazy. They had become casual, and so they slowly started dying. Their indifference had, had led them to be complacent. They became casual about the works of God. They became casual about having a relationship with God. They thought, oh, we are just doing it. Okay, it's happening. We have this name here. And let's keep moving on just like that. And they continued on and on and on and on. And we hear Jesus is telling them, he's actually telling them that you are dead. You are dead. Because I'm sure they had become comfortable in the works that they were doing, in the works that they thought they were doing for the Lord. They had forgotten that they could cease to be the church of the Lord. The church that we are talking about today, it's not this building here. He's speaking to you and me. You are the church. Who is open church? It's you and me. This is just, this is Lorenzo Theater, by the way. That's the name of this building. But open church, it is you and it's me. And we are the church that God is speaking to today. He's not talking to this building. He's not speaking to this building that we are in. He's speaking to you and me because you are his church. Revelation 3, verse 3, he says, remember, remember, therefore, what you have heard, what you have received, obey it and repent. He says, remember what you have heard, obey it and repent. He says, if you do not, I will come to you as a thief. You know, Jesus will come to those that are not expecting him. 
I believe that when we sleep in the night, we don't expect that a thief will come. We just wake up in the morning, the TV is gone. You wake up in the morning, the bicycle is gone. Is gone. We don't really know that a thief is going to come. And he says, to those that do not expect it, I will come like a thief. Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. And we have to be ready for, for him. You and I have to be ready for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. First Thessalonians 5 verse 2 says that, For you know not the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Let's be aware of the soon coming king. Let's live in awareness with the coming of Jesus Christ. You know, some of us, when we live, we are just like, oh, how old am I? I think maybe Jesus will come when I'll be 50. Or maybe Jesus will come when I'll be 60. Or maybe Jesus will come when I'm married. Or maybe Jesus will come when I have this, when I have that. He will not wait for us to have whatever we think that we're going to have. He will just come and we will not know it. And so we have to be ready every second, every minute of our lives. We have to be ready for the coming of the King of Kings. Because he has promised in his word that he's coming. And so, as we are even looking at the book of Revelation, we are preparing our lives. We are preparing ourselves for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. As we hear of these churches, we may think that, oh, it's those churches. I'm sure Jesus was writing to those churches. But Revelation is actually the unveiling of the future. The unveiling of the things that will happen in the future. And this is what we are seeing today. It's actually what was spoken for the future. And here we are. Jesus is still speaking to us as open church. Maybe if we were there in those days, maybe Jesus would have also written to the church at Ndola. Open church. I don't know how he would have put it. But what would he say of us? Would he say we are vibrant but dead? Would he say we are alive? Hallelujah. As in the case of a dying church, there were those that kept the faith. Amidst those that were dead, amidst those that were dying, there were those that kept their faith. They did not give up to the immorality and the religiousness that was going there. As we heard in the beginning that Sardis was a city where money was made. So there was a lot of immorality because money was readily available everywhere. And so even when these activities, even when these actions were, had come into the church, there are those that held on to their faith. They did not soil their clothes. They lived in righteousness. And he says that these would dwell with me in eternal glory because they have kept their faith. They have maintained their purity and they have kept themselves clean regardless of what was going on in the city. Regardless of what was going on in the town or in the church, they had kept themselves clean before God. And he says, these would dwell with me. That's Revelation 3 verse 4. We have few people in Sardis who have not sold their clothes. They will walk with me dressed in white. For they are worthy. They will walk with me dressed in white. For they are worthy. We have people that fall in different things. 
because it's happening in the community, because it's happening all around us. I'm sure it would have been easy for them to say, everybody's doing it. Everybody has money. They're doing all these things. Let me also join. But the Bible here is saying Jesus was telling them that there are those, there are few of you in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes, who have not made themselves dirty. He says, these will walk with me dressed in white. How are we living our lives? Do we say, everybody's doing it. Everybody in my neighborhood is doing it. Let me also do it. Everybody around me is doing it. Let me also do it. These people, regardless of every evil that was happening in that town, they kept the faith. Jesus is saying that they kept their clothes clean. Even though the places where they, 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 they lived, even though the places where they walked were soiled, were dirty, He's saying that they kept their clothes clean. It's not these clothes here. No, they kept their lives clean before God. And that's what he's requiring of us. He wants us to be clean. He wants us to be pure. He wants us to be holy. Because it's only those that are pure. It's only those that are holy. And he says that these would dwell with me in glory. May that be our desire. All these things will pass away. All this life will pass away. Let's desire to live in purity before the Lord. Are we together? It's an easy thing to be vibrant. It's very easy to be involved in a lot of things. Very easy to make a name that I am alive. It's very easy for me to make a name and say things are happening in my life, while I'm actually dead on the inside, while I'm actually dead spiritually. We need not to be religious, but deny his power. We don't need to be just religious, but deny his power. It's the power of God that will bring us back to life again. The power of God is what will bring us back to life again. He says that wake up. Strengthen what is remaining and is about to die. He says, wake up. They were sleeping. They were dead. But he comes and tells them, wake up. And strengthen that which is remaining and is about to die. And I believe he is telling you and me today. And saying, rise up, wake up. And strengthen that which is dying. Strengthen it. Don't let it die. May we as a church wake up and strengthen that which is about to die. How can we ensure that despite being alive, we are not dying? How can we ensure that despite being alive, we are not dying? Number one, have a relationship with Jesus. Have a relationship with Jesus. Living without Jesus is death. There's no two way about it. Living without Jesus is death. No matter how beautiful you may be, no matter how handsome you may be, no matter how educated you may be, no matter how influential you may be, no matter how wise you may be, no matter how wealthy you may be, without Jesus, you are dead. 
There's no other way to say that. There's no sweeter way to say that. We cannot even put cream on that one. Without Jesus, you are dead. Have a relationship with Jesus. Have a relationship with him. Because it's in him that we have life. It's in him that we have life. Ephesians 2 verse 1 says that even you who were dead in your transgressions and sins have been made alive through Jesus Christ. So it's, in Je it's only in Jesus that we can find life. It's only in him alone that we can be alive. Nowhere else. The money that the church of Sardis had, the wealth that they had as a city or as a church did not give them life. It did not give them life. It's Jesus who gives life. Have a relationship with him. Have a relationship with him. Number two, live in the word. Live in the word. It is by the word of God that we can be made alive. Because his word is life. His word is life. John 6, 51 says, I am the living bread and I came down from heaven. If anyone eats of the bread, he will live forever. If anyone eats of the bread, he will live forever. Man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And Jesus is the word that we have to live in. Jesus is the word that we need for us to be alive. Let's hear his word. Let's read his word. Because life is in that word. Hallelujah. Number three, prayer. Prayer. What is more important, breathing in or breathing out? Which one is more important? Let's choose one. Which one is more important, breathing in or breathing out? Which one? I can hear breathing in. Others are saying breathing out. No, let's choose one which is more important. Which one is more important, breathing in or breathing out? Breathing in. Can we, breathe in? Can we all breathe in without breathing out? Can we do that? Let's all breathe in. How many of us can stay like that up to the end of the service? We might fall dead. <laughs> Prayer is like breathing in and out. That's how important prayer is to us. Because prayer will keep us alive. Prayer will keep us connected to the source of life. Prayer is communicating with the one who is the source of life. And so, you cannot be prayerful without being alive. Because prayer will keep you alive. Prayer will keep you connected to the one who is the source of life. I know sometimes we pray when we are in need. We pray when things are not going well. We pray when, oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. God, please help me. And sometimes we only pray when we are eating. And that's the only time when we pray. That's like breathing in and not breathing out. You will not survive. We need prayer. Daily communication with the source of life. 
Have you ever seen a situation where at your house you don't have power? Does that mean that there's no power in the city? If there's no power in your home, does it mean the whole city doesn't have power? No, it's just that your house is not connected to power. Not so. But once you are connected, then there will be power in your home as well. Oh, you didn't hear that. If you don't have power in your house, does it mean the entire city doesn't have power? No. It's just that your home is not connected to Zesco. But once you are connected, then there will be power in your home as well. Let us be connected to the source of life through prayer. Let us be connected to him who is the source of life. That's my encouragement to you this morning. Lastly, overcome sin and temptation. Overcome sin and temptation. How can you ensure that despite being alive, you are not dying? Overcome sin and temptation. Revelation 3.5, he says, He who overcomes will never be blotted from the book of life. So there's some, 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 some battle here. There's something to fight here. Whenever you hear the word overcome, then there's some, some fighting to be done. You don't just sit there and say, okay, I will overcome. You have to overcome sin and temptation. By the way, sin is very sweet. Yes, sin is very sweet. Not so. It looks good. It looks attractive. If I may add on, I think it even smells nice. It's very appealing. You know, it looks nice. Let's be real here. Sin is sweet. It looks nice. To the eyes, it smells nice, it looks good. Yes, because if it didn't look good, we would all be running away from it. If it wasn't attractive, we would all be running away from it. It doesn't come with horns. Eh? It doesn't come with horns on it. It comes looking beautiful, nicely dressed. So much that the moment you look at it, you're like, oh, wow. This is nice. Like you, I want you to, to, to hear this today, that you have to overcome. Because he says that those who overcome, so you don't just sit there and do nothing about it. If you have to run from whatever you need to run away from, run. If you have to flee from certain things, flee. Joseph ran away from Potiphar's wife. Wasn't she beautiful? The Bible says that she was beautiful. She was one of the most beautiful. But the Bible says that Joseph ran away. He even left his clothes. He ran away from sin. If there are things that you have to run away from, run away from them. If there are sins that come your way, flee from them. You don't just sit there and say, oh, sin came on me. On me. Oh, sin fell on me. Run. Because you cannot overcome anything without, without a fight. How do you overcome something by just sitting? It's not possible. He says, those who overcome shall dwell with me. They shall dress in white and they shall dwell with me. You might say, ah, for me it's very difficult to overcome. Why did you do this? Oh, my friend told me to do it. Why did, you, why did this happen to you? Oh, the people around me are the ones who influenced me. How did this happen to you? Ah, you know, the community where I live. Um, yeah, it's very difficult, you know. He says, overcome. In Sardis, where all this immorality was full to the top. Jesus says there were those that kept their clothes clean. And he wants us today to overcome sin. He wants us today to overcome temptation. Because sin and temptation comes to us every day, every minute, every second. Wherever you look, 360 degrees, there is something to tempt you. There is something looking attractive and calling your name, calling your name to go to it everywhere you look. But he says overcome. 
overcome. May you overcome sin. May you overcome every temptation in this corrupt generation that we are in, in this corrupt world that we are in. It is possible for us to overcome. It is possible for us to stand clean as we wait for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. I believe that all of us know ourselves very well. You know where you are spiritually or in your relationship with the Lord. You know where you're standing. You might look at yourself and say, I think I'm dead. Or some of us may say, I think I'm dying. There's no life in me. I don't know where you're at today, but there's hope. There's hope. He says, remember what you heard. Obey it and repent. 